everybody for all you do, and thank you for being here this morning. All right, we're in a Christmas series, <coughs> excuse me, called Forward in Faith. And I want you to know that everybody in the Christmas story had to move forward in faith. We talked last week about Mary and Joseph and their faith and how they had to move forward in faith. Uh, but everybody in this story, as they move forward in faith, now listen close, they had to leave where they were to get to Jesus. Mary and Joseph had to leave Nazareth to get to Bethlehem. The wise men had to leave their home and travel for many miles and for months to get to Jesus. The shepherds had to leave their sheep in the fields to get to Jesus. I want you to understand, moving forward in faith will always require you to leave something or someone or somewhere to get to Jesus. There's always a cost of following Christ. And we can't get to where we want to go by staying where we are. We can't do, we can't, uh, if we always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we, what we always got. And sometimes there are situations, I'm not telling you to leave your spouse or leave your church or anything like that, but I'm talking about in a spiritual sense, uh, you're stuck somewhere and you want to get to Jesus, you're going to have to leave there to get to him. You've got to move forward in faith. It's what this whole service was about. We didn't plan all that. It, it happened, and God spoke it, but that, that was kind of part of my sermon. And, and I, as I studied this week, I noticed some similarities between the people in the Christmas story. Uh, not only did they all have to move forward in faith, but most of them heard the call of God while they were doing their regular daily jobs. Think about this. The wise men were magi who studied the word of God and, and the stars, and God spoke to them through both of those, through the, the stars and through the word. Zechariah the priest was doing his job in the temple when the angel appeared to him and told him he was going to have a child who was John the Baptist. The shepherds were doing their daily work, tending sheep in the field. In the field. When the angel appeared to them and, and, and gave them the good news that the Messiah was born in Bethlehem. Now listen, don't think you have to quit your job, sit around doing nothing in order to hear from God. God speaks to us through our daily lives. God can speak to us through our daily work and, and in our daily work. So what you got to do is keep your ears tuned to God throughout your day. Yes, it's good to have times away where we, where we can press in and fast and pray. But God, in every one of these cases, they were just about their daily routine, and God broke through and spoke to them. I also noticed that almost everybody in this Christmas story received some kind of Christmas surprise. I'm I, I planning on one of these years doing a Christmas series called Christmas Surprises. And most of these surprises were not... Happy surprises at first. Think about it. We talked about it last week. I mean, Mary was surprised to hear an angel say, uh, you're going to have a baby when she was a virgin. Joseph was surprised to hear Mary say, I'm going to have a baby, and I'm still a virgin. The shepherds were surprised. By the heavens opening up, they're just out there tending sheep, and the heavens opened up, and this heavenly choir praising God appeared to them. But think about the wise men's surprise. That's what I'm going to speak on today. You find their story in Matthew 2, starting in verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? 
We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. He was disturbed because he was the king, and now you're telling me there's another king? If there was another king that somebody came forward and said they were king, they would kill them. That's why he tried to kill all the babies. When he had called together all the people's chief, people's chief priests and teachers of, of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Of course, he was lying. He wanted to find him so he could kill him. After they heard the king, these wise men went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy, the King James says. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Have you ever noticed that life sometimes doesn't turn out the way you expected? Have you ever noticed life doesn't always happen the way you planned? I just thought of this when I was sitting here. When Deb and I got married, uh, I was going to Michigan State University, and I was, I was in the pre-veterinary medicine program there. And uh, my goal since I was a little kid was to be a veterinarian. Some of y'all didn't know that, but, it, but that was the truth. And uh, we had it all mapped out. We were going to kind of live out in the country and have a big animal practice and just have a wonderful life. And here we are. But it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, but it wasn't what we exactly planned. Sometimes circumstances don't always follow our plans. Sometimes God doesn't always follow our plans. And sometimes, listen, life sometimes can be a series of of disappointments. Sometimes there's even shattered dreams. But think about the wise men in this story. They have spent a lot of time and money following a star. To follow the star, they left behind their home. They left behind their family. Let me just think about it. They were camping out, traveling through the wilderness for weeks and months. And so along the way, no doubt, they faced, it op- they faced obstacles. They faced perils and dangers. And then when they finally arrive at their destination, they go to the king. But they find that the, they ultimately find that the star that they followed stopped over a stable. I preached a sermon on a Christmas Eve many years ago on this topic, and I felt led to preach part of that message again today. So I'm speaking on this. Following a star, but finding a stable. Following a star, but finding a stable. The wise men thought they were going to find the Messiah, the king, in a palace. That's why they went to King Herod. 
I think about it, they were looking for a king, so where do kings live? The king of Israel lived in Jerusalem and they, in a palace, but, but Jesus was not there. They would thought they would find Jesus in the city of kings, but he was in the city of shepherds. You see, sometimes you follow a star and end up at a stable. Sometimes you, you follow, you're looking for a palace and you end up in a pig pen. Sometimes you look for a, a mansion and you end up with a manger. Sometimes you look for a, a king and instead you find a kid. What the wise men found did not match their expectations, did not match their, their dreams. Yet what they did in the stable shows that they were, in fact, wise men. And today I'm going to look at what they did so that we can learn how to keep moving forward in faith. I want to help you to know what to do when you follow a star and you end up at a stable. Basically, I'm saying how to handle disappointment. What do you do with disappointment? What do you do when you follow the star, you follow this dream, and you end up somewhere else? You end up at the, this stable. Do you give up? Do you, do you go back? Or do you keep moving forward in faith? We're talking about moving forward in faith. And, and, and listen, following stars and, and, and finding stables is a common occurrence in human experience. We all have experienced that. Who among us, I mean, all of us have, have at times in our life fixed our gaze on, on some star that we were following, and, and we had this high and lofty dream, and we ended up in a stable, in a place other than what we're, where we thought we were, were going. We thought we were headed to a certain place and ended up somewhere else. And, and think about it in life. There's a lot of examples. Young people who, who graduate with a, a diploma tucked under their arm and they're full of dreams and they go out to change the world only to find out that a few months into their job that, that it really wasn't what they expected it to be. So many times I've stood at an altar at right right here many times, and, and married a couple, and, and, and life seemed so, so promising, and everybody thought this marriage is made in heaven, only to find out a few years later it's ending in divorce. A man works all his life, or a woman, they come to retirement age, and they think of all the good things they're going to be able to do, but then uh, after a few weeks, maybe they have some health issues, or, or other things happen, and, and they just find out, well, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be after I worked. I worked my whole life for this. All of us, at some point in life, follow a star and end up at a stable. And things are not like we anticipated or expected. The question for us is how do we respond when we follow a star and wind up in a stable? The beautiful part of this Christmas story is the wise men show us what to do. Now listen, when I talk about stables today, here's what I'm talking about. The disappointing, messy times of life. And through their action, the, the wise men teach us four things to do to move forward in faith when we follow a star and find a stable. And we find those, I already read it, but I'm going to read it again out of Matthew 2, 10 through 12. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So when we follow a star and we end up at a stable, when we wind up in a disappointing, messy place or situation in life, here's four things we need to do. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Three of y'all are ready. 
To the others, I say, get ready. Number one, to move forward in faith. Look for God in the stable. The wise men did not expect to find a king in the stable. They expected him to be in a palace. But this is where the star led them. It moved before them. We saw that. We read that scripture. That's where Jesus was. And when you're expecting to end up in a palace, but you end up in a stable, look for God in that stable. Look for God even in that disappointment. Look for God even in that mess. Look for God in the situation you are in right now. Some people expect God to show up at a certain place in certain ways at a certain time. and, and, And it's always something different than where they are right now. Listen to me close on this. Proverbs 17, 24 says, The perceptive or the wise find wisdom in their own front yard. Fools look for it everywhere but right here. The King James says, a fool's eyes are always on the ends of the earth. What that means is, they're always looking somewhere other than here. It's somewhere out there. I can't tell you how many times people have told me, even in ministry, well, well, Pastor Joe, you know, I, I've, had, I've talked to people who, who want to be missionaries, and I say, well, are you, are you giving to missions now? Uh, no. Are you sharing your faith now? No. Are you having your daily devotional time with God now? No. Are are you out of debt now so you can afford to go to to live in a mission field? No. But when I get there, when I get there, I'm going to pray, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to give, I'm going to do all those things. You, You see what I'm saying? The fool's eyes are always out there. And I try to tell them, if you don't take care of it right here, Listen to me today. If you don't take care of here, you're never going to get there. And some people are always projecting their fulfillment, their joy, their happiness onto somebody else or somewhere else. And those kind of people are always changing relationships, changing jobs, changing churches. It's always somewhere else other than where they're at. I'm trying to help you today. I'm not saying there's never a time to change jobs or churches. I'm just saying some people are on this endless search because there's always something out there somewhere else, and they're never really dealing with the true issue, which is right here. And the thing about God is that sometimes he's found in the unlikeliest of places. Sometimes he's found in unexpected circumstances. Moses encountered God in a burning bush on the backside of a desert. Gideon encountered God while he was hiding in a wine press. Daniel encountered God in a lion's den. Jonah encountered God in the belly of a whale. Two thieves encountered God while hanging on a cross. Saul, who became the apostle Paul, encountered God on the road to Damascus on his way to persecute Christians. The apostle John encountered God in a prison, and every single one of those lives was dramatically changed by encountering God. Where they were. I mean, think about it. Paul wrote most of his letters while he was in prison. He could have said, when I get out of this place, man, I'm really going to do something for God. Who could do something for God in here? And and let me tell you something. The worst prison you've ever visited or been in 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 your life is, is is a pretty nice place compared to where he was. 
in a dungeon in ancient Rome. And he used that time right where he was to minister to people, minister to guards. The Bible says so many of them came to Christ and wrote these letters that became books of the Bible. But our tendency is to give up when we get in a place like that. When we follow the star and we get in a stable, God, all I did was follow you. God, all I did was do your will. God, all I did was go out and do my best for you. And look where I am now. And so then we tend to give up and, and we, we give in to feelings of frustration and de- despair and hopelessness, hopelessness. But if we look for God in that stable, God can turn those stable moments into a moment of salvation, a moment of victory, a moment of triumph. So don't give up when you find yourself in a stable. Instead, move forward in faith and keep looking for God in that very stable. Look for God in your current circumstances. I'm telling you, look for God in the situation you are in right now. Stop putting it off to somewhere else in the future. Look for God now. He's there. He's here, even though you may not know it. You might be in a stable right now. You might be in a tough time of life. Some people tend to turn from God in those tough times. They backslide, and other people, wise people, turn to God in those tough times. They move forward. They keep moving forward in faith. So I'm encouraging you to do what God said to do in Deuteronomy 4.29. If from there, if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. From there. Where is there? Well, in this place, God was speaking to Israel. They had backslid. They had turned from the Lord. And they had been exiled. They were in another place. They were actually living in another country. And God told them that if from there, if that messy, disappointed situation you're in, if from there you will seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and all your soul. So for us it means the, the right where you are right now, right there, right where you are right now, right there begin to seek the Lord. Don't wait to get to another place to begin to do it. Don't wait for things to turn around to start doing it. Things won't turn around till you start doing it. This is how you turn those stables of life into moments of victory. When you find yourself in a stable, in a disappointing time, look for God there. One of the main differences between immature Christians and mature Christians is that immature Christians only see God and look for God and really follow hard after God when things are going good, during good times. But when they experience a tough time, God's abandoned me. God has forsaken me. What's the point of doing this anymore? I did all I could do, and look where I'm at now. But mature Christians, they find God in the good times and the bad times, in the blessings or the barnyards, in the mansion or, or in the manger. They look for God, and they find him. They press through whatever they're going through to find God. So this is a message I want you to have today. You may have been following a star, and everything was looking good. Then all of a sudden, you're disappointed, and you find yourself in this messy situation in the stable. You find yourself asking questions like, is this it? Is this all there is to this? Is this all there is to the Christian life? How did I end up here? Remember, the wise men, representing mature believers, have the ability to see God in the stables of their life, in the disappointing, messy times. When your star leads you to a stable, look for God there. 
And he promised us, if you look for him with all your heart, you will find him there. There. So wherever there is for you, it's where you are right now. Seek God there. Secondly, to move forward in faith, worship God in the stable. The Bible says when they saw, the wise men saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. The word there in the Greek for exceedingly is actually the word mega. We use that word mega. It's a, it's a Greek word. Exceedingly great. Mega joy. But when they saw Jesus, they bowed down and worshiped. When the wise men got close to Jesus, they rejoiced. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you'll rejoice. But they weren't satisfied rejoicing from a distance. They sought out Jesus till they found him. And when they got into his presence, the Bible says they fell down and worshiped him. Listen to me. Almost every time the Bible says somebody worshiped, they fell down on their face before the Lord. We did it today. We bowed down. We knelt before the Lord. I want you to get this. If you want to really grow in maturity, if you want to really learn to go through seasons of life, if you want to learn how to deal with the stables of life, you need to learn how to rejoice and how to worship. And they are different. They are different. Some people have one gear. I'm going to try to help you today. And it's, it's on either extreme. I mean, the Bible says in worship, sometimes it says, be still and know that I am God. You get on your face, you're kneeling, you're, you're brought, bowing before the Lord. You're, it's kind of a quiet, reverent time. Some people stay in that gear. So we're up here jumping, shouting, rejoicing. They're being still, knowing he is God. Other people can't get still. Other people can't get quiet. They don't have that gear. Their gear is always rah, rah, rah. Jump and shout. Rejoice in the Lord. Listen, you've got to have one more gear. You've got to have more than one gear. You've got you to grow in this. There's a time for singing, shouting, jumping, dancing, rejoicing in the Lord. But there's a time when the only appropriate response to God is to fall, out, fall on your face before him. And give him your frankincense, which represents worship. Give your worship to him. And it's something I want us to grow in as a church. I'm really feeling this lately as a pastor that God's wanting to take us deeper into worship. And I want you to understand, it's a, it's a different gear. It's a different expression. And I want us to learn to grow in that where, we're, where we can jump and shout and rejoice, but where we can also get on our face. And be still in his presence and know that he is God. But I want you to understand that worshiping in a stable is costly. It's hard to do. I'm in the midst of disappointment. I'm in the midst of of dealing with this mess in my life. And I want you to know, this, this is why they call it a sacrifice of praise. When you follow a star and end up in a stable... You, what you offer to God is a sacrifice of praise. But I want to encourage you today to praise God even when things don't turn out like you thought they would. Worship him even when you don't feel like it. No matter what you go through, he's always worthy of your worship. 
So I want you to rejoice with exceedingly great joy. And I want you to worship with exceedingly great worship. The third thing that the wise men did to move forward in faith, you got to give to God in the stable. Can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, I'm going to give. I'm planning on giving. As soon as I get this paid off or get that raise or get that promotion, and, and, and you know what happens usually when they get that raise? They, they, they spend that on themselves too. There's always something else that's going to be shouting out to them, you know, spend your money on me, spend your money on me. And when the wise men followed the star and they found the stable, it would have been easy for them just to turn around and, and go home. Who would blame them? Things didn't turn out like it planned. But they didn't give up on Jesus. They pressed into Jesus. They moved forward in faith till they found him. And when they found him, not only did they worship him, they gave their treasure to Jesus. They didn't give leftovers. They gave their treasure. And when we find ourselves in a stable instead of a palace, Many times we're tempted to hold back from giving our best. The mind of the flesh says, if this is all God's given to me, why should I give to him? That's why most people stop giving in the stable. It's the wrong response. It's the exact wrong response. When, you, when your star leads you to the stable, that's the perfect time to give. The way you see, the Bible says the way you receive from God is determined by how you give to God. We sang the song today from Malachi about God opening up the windows of heaven and that, heavens, and that was based on them giving their tithes and offerings. And God says, do this, test me, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. Jesus said, the measure you give will be the measure you receive. Amen. It's a principle of the word of God. And even though these wise men followed a star and ended up at a stable, Matthew 2.11 says, Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They didn't reduce their giving because they were in a stable rather than a palace. Now, I have my palace gift here ready to give to a king. Come on, somebody, listen to this. I was planning on giving to a king, somebody of influence, somebody of magnitude. And, I, and because they are so great, I had a great gift plan. But I ended up over here. I would have given if I got that job. I would have given if I got that promotion. I would have given if I got that bonus. I would have given if this, 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 or that. But since I ended up over here, with this baby in a manger and in this mess, I don't need to, they don't need all that much. Looking at it with my worldly eyes, you know, the king, he don't need it either, but if I, you got to give something big to, to bless a king. But this little kid in a manger, this raggedy family, they ain't got nothing. Whatever I give them is going to be, they're going to be blessed by it. So I'm just going to give them that. Not knowing they were messengers from God. Candy, I preached this at a Best Way banquet a year or two ago about how God uses us. When God gives, he uses people to give. He don't just drop money out of the sky. 
How do you think Mary and Joseph went to Egypt and lived for a few years because Herod was after them? What funded their trip? The gifts of the wise men. And if they would have gone by their fleshly thinking, they don't need much, I'm going to throw them a few bucks. No, they opened their treasure. And they gave a palace-sized gift to the people in the stable. They gave valuable, costly gifts. Even though maybe they could have thought, man, I just, they don't deserve it. And that's what many people do when they find themselves in the stables. They reduce their giving or they don't give at all. And they think, God knows I have it tough right now, but he doesn't expect me to give. Oh, really? Do you think these people in Liberia, that God expects them to give? Yes. Yes. I've been to places like that. I've been to Kenya. I've been to Kenya and they gave the offering and I was, I was on the way back from the, the, the church service in a car and something was moving at, around my feet. And I was like, man, there's something in this car. And the bishop that was driving said, oh, that, that's a chicken. That was somebody's offering. I remember when we were in the Tegucigalpa, Honduras, helping build houses and feed people. And they, they gave offerings. They, it might have been beans and rice. Frijoles and arroz. But they gave what they had. They gave of it, even out of their, their poverty. And here we are. I've told you this a few weeks ago. We're among the richest people in the world. And we complain about having to give anything. But to move forward in faith, we've got to give. Even in the Bible, do you know the Bible, the offerings you, you read about in the Bible, the main offerings you read about that were memorialized in the Bible? We're like a widow that Jesus, Jesus was in the temple watching how much people gave. He watches how much people give. And he said, this woman here gave more than everybody. She gave a widow's mite, or two mites. It's the smallest, it's two pennies. She gave more than everybody. They're like, wait a minute, I gave, I gave a huge gift. I gave $1,000, and I've been saving up for that. I, 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 I gave a big gift. Yeah, no, she gave more. Why is that? You gave out of your abundance. She gave everything she had. She gave a costly gift. The worst of times that you live are the best of times to give. <laughs> Lastly, to move forward in faith, seek God's guidance in the stable. When the wise men talked to Herod, he told them, go find Jesus. Because they sought Jesus, they found him. And because they worshiped him and gave to him, he gave them guidance. Matthew 2, 12 says, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So many people, listen, many people miss God's guidance because they expect him to speak exactly like he did last time. God led us here by a star. Let's wait for another star to lead us away. But God didn't lead them away by a star. God gave them a dream. 
And because they were willing to hear from God, even though it sounded different, even though it was a different way, God led them out. And history is full of people who received new direction from God because of what happened in their stable experiences. Joseph had a dream from God that didn't come to pass for years, and he, but he was faithful to God, even in the stable, times in the stable, the tough times, and he was elevated from the prison to the palace. David was faithful through years of obscurity, and God took him from leading sheep to leading all of Israel. So stay faithful in the tough times, and God will lead you through them. He promised to never leave you or forsake you. Listen, how you stand, handle the stable times in life will determine the future direction of your life. And when we obey God and stay faithful in the tough times, he'll give us new directions. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I'm telling you, too many of us are doing too much leaning. I'm trusting God. But just in case, I'm leaning on my own understanding. Your own understanding is not enough. You've got to acknowledge God. Trust him, and he will direct your paths. And I want you to know that these stables of life don't have to be places of defeat or frustration or confusion or anger. They can be a place of salvation and victory and freedom and guidance. And if you followed a star and ended up in a stable, if you're surrounded by the debris of a shattered dream, if you're surrounded by the mess of a marriage, if you're surrounded by by issues everywhere you turn, I want to encourage you, look for God in your stable. Worship him. Give him your best. Have faith that he's working on your behalf. Even now, the wise men followed a star, ended up in a stable, but they did not stay in the stable forever. Jesus was born in a stable. He didn't stay there forever. And if you handle it wisely, where you are right now is not where you will always be. You may have followed a star and found a stable, but the stable time does not define your life. The stable is not the end of your life. When you, what you thought was the end of the road was just a bend in the road, and, and, and what, God, what you thought was dead can be resurrected. Or God can lead you in a different way to a different place that will exceed your wildest dreams. Can you thank God for this today? Can you offer up a sacrifice of praise even in your stable? Can you give God your treasure even in your stable? Can you seek the Lord even in your stable? If you do that, he promised you will find him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo.